Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction. Starring Score Baseball Insider Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel. It all starts right here, right now, on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. And the pitch on the way. A swing and a bouncer to Goldschmidt, knocks it down, picks it up, steps on the bag, ball game over. The Cardinals have beaten the Cubs for the second straight game, and the Cubs now have lost four in a row on this homestand. The final, St. Louis 2, Cubs 1. No, I mean, division, we have to beat the Cardinals every every game here on out, which is, can be done, but we want to get to the playoffs, so we gotta we got to win games. Anthony Rizzo's tone, the concept of the division being division, slipping away, ugliness the past four games and certainly the past two against the St. Louis Cardinals and the biggest moment of the Cubs season. Good morning, everybody. It's Inside the Clubhouse. I'm Matt Spiegel, and he is Bruce Levine. It is bleak at the moment in terms of that ball No, no, it's uh, Saturday, isn't it? Bleak is uh, a week from uh, tomorrow. That's when the season ends. We'll say bleak for that. But you're right. I mean, uh, the, there's an uphill battle here for your Chicago Cubs, and it's going to be interesting to watch the rest of this weekend and moving down the line to see if the Cubs can make it. Again, he's Matt Spiegel. I'm Bruce Levine. This is Inside the Clubhouse. We're here for with you every Saturday from 9 to 11, talking Chicago baseball, everything baseball. 312-644-6767 is our get-in number. Text Matt at 67011, and he will read all that's worthy to read on the air on your responses, which probably will be uh, terse, tense, and uh, sometimes unreadable uh, <laughs> at this point. But, you know, again, the, the passion of um, a season, Matt, that uh, unexpectedly has, you know, we've been waiting for this Chicago Cub payout, and now we're into uh, game uh, 154, and uh, the season is slipping away. The, for the first time, uh, the Cubs are no longer a playoff team. Now they're two games back of the Brewers for right. that second wild card. <clears throat> After um, Thursday night, for the first time in a while, they were out of the playoff mix, and now... <coughs> yeah, uh, certainly... <laughs> A uh, difficult time for them as far as what's going on on the field. And uh, the clubhouse obviously is reflective of that right now with uh, a lot of questions and the negativity that you have to deal with, um, Matt. You know, the fact that uh, every question asked is about why aren't you better? Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you the 2016 Chicago Cubs? 
Uh, these are difficult uh, questions to answer, and the Cubs get really beaten down by this, as you can imagine. Uh, they have their own expectations of what they should be doing right now. They're, they haven't lived up to it, and it's been an injury-plagued, sporadic season for the Chicago Cubs at best, and as you mentioned, for the first time on the outside looking in to any playoff picture. three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. if you want to hop in. I, I think, Bruce, big picture – they have tried a lot of things dating back to last off season, uh, other than shaking up the roster or adding a lot via money. They tried new coaches. Um, they tried new methodology. They asked Joe Madden to be more hands-on during the year. They gave in and went for the big free agent splash mid season with Kimbrell. They had the big trade deadline moves. We've had the Ben Zobrist return, the Wilson Contreras return, you he, Darvish has found himself. It doesn't matter. The Addison Russell return. Uh-huh. You, you, you have found bullpen solutions from within, surprisingly enough, with Wick and Wick and Kyle Ryan. Doesn't matter. Lately, you've had the Anthony Rizzo, Willis Reed moment. The same night as Javi Baez returns to pinch run. The same night as Kimbrell comes back the second time. None of it has mattered at this point. Here you are. You appear to be what you are, which Explain is to our younger listeners the Willis Reed moment. Ah, uh, Willis Reed of the New York Knicks, nineteen seventy-one, I believe. Seventy. Yeah. Uh, either way, showing up in Game Seven with a broken leg and playing early on and tape it up, spit on it, and uh, go out there and uh, lead your team to a World Championship. Yeah, really made a few jumpers early on, and it was just really the inspiration of seeing him show up and you get Rizzo showing up so early in his process and homering in his second at bat. And it just, it, it's, it's inspirational, not, but, but it, none of it has mattered. Right. right. But uh, unlike an NBA game where one of five really matters uh, in this case, the inspiration has to carry over to nine innings, uh, a use of 30 players, 35 players or more uh, just the, uh, the ability for that inspiration to really carry through in professional sports when the other team is good as well. So from all of that, we're looking at a uh, a Chicago Cub team that is uh, against the wall. And basically, in their last eight, Matt, probably have to win at the very minimum six and probably seven. To, just to get in. Just to get in, yeah. Yeah, because the I, Brewers have a uh, – they're on the road, but they play bad teams. I mean, if – let's say – you hold serve against Pittsburgh and the Cardinals hold serve against um, Arizona, Arizona. Who's now uh, without Cattell Marte for the rest of the year. You have to win uh, all five to tie the Cardinals. So is that realistic? I mean, that's why, that's why Rizzo's tone, we should isolate just the word division. Yeah, I mean, they can do it. I mean, <laughs> and it would be one of the great baseball stories in a long time if they do. Mm. But, um, you know, again, it's not like the Cardinals are playing poorly right now. They're they're not a great offensive team. They pitch as well as anybody. That's been their calling card to uh, grab hold of this division and hold it by a few games over the Milwaukee uh, Brewers at this time. But in reality, they're uh, you know they're not un- invincible. They're not a team that can't be beat. Mm. Uh, but. You're going against one of the, the finest uh, young pitchers in baseball today. 
they're going to have to get it done against him. Yeah, I, I mean, Bruce, with, with those those different things, those different items that I read off to you that have happened during the course of the year, I mean, they've a lot has happened. A lot of things have have gone well for a moment. I mean, most recently you had this absurd run where they scored fifty five runs. In and fourteen homers in four games against the Pirates and the Reds, and they right. followed that up with six runs in four games over thirty-seven innings. Yeah, if I mean, I, it's un- I mean, and that's Matt, been the year. Yeah, if I tell you that the Cubs have scored one third of their runs, okay, yeah, over three hundred and twenty-five, three hundred and thirty, somewhere around, I'm saying at least a third of their runs in 22 games where they've scored nine runs or more mm. in a game mm. this year. So they've played 22 games where they scored nine or more. One third of their total runs for the entire season in have come games. in that. In the other uh, 132, they've averaged under four runs per game. In those, in the, 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 For the season, they're averaging over five runs a game. But it's skewed by those twenty-two over a run a game. So there, there's the inconsistency of uh, an offense that can blow up and put up double digits. Yes, compared to a, a, a an offense that on a daily basis uh, is a uh, station by station team. That uh, like yesterday, you had bases loaded twice with nothing to show for it, and a lot of it had to do with the fact that there's an injured player out there. You know, certainly you're not getting down on him for being out there. It's it's courageous. It's it's great that he is out there. But yeah, but Riz, the, Rizzo could have had a double instead but, of a single. Then he well, could have he, scored he, from he second. Could he easily scored. So Absolutely. even with his lack of speed, so the station by station baseball uh, has really hurt the Cubs as well. Uh, going down the line, you're going to have to look at a team uh, that changes the mix and comes up with uh, different forms of baseball athletes. Going forward. That's uh, well said. They've had 21 games, Bruce, where they've scored 10 or more runs. And they've had 21 games where they've scored one run or less yeah. this year. And so it's if it feels like it's all or nothing, yeah. just like it was last year, that's because it has been. They said the offense was broken at the end of last year. It's still broken. This is uh, Let's listen to Joe Madden from yesterday after the game who has talked about the offense, talked about the approach all year long, and you saw some very frustrating moments specifically. How about Schwarber with a bunt against Andrew Miller to get on the very next pitch as a Contreras double play? Uh, here's here's Joe Madden after the game on the offense and uh, what it needs to do if they're going to try and salvage things. Offensively, that's that's I've been saying it kind of all year, that the run's going to be in the offense. Um, today, one run. Uh, yesterday, was we lost by one run in the two losses versus Cincinnati were low run scoring games for us also whereas Pittsburgh we we pounded it in that first game um, we have to somehow get more consistent offensively when the opportunities come up we have to take advantage of them we've had some good at bats in those moments without any kind of luck but uh, we got to figure it out obviously we are running out of time and uh, to catch them is becoming more difficult uh, but there's still a solid opportunity to be a playoff team and you just you just but you got to keep playing the game as though you're going to catch St. Louis you got to go out there with that attitude it's Joe Madden talking well, about the offense. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't sugarcoated it, and he's been very on uh, on on the, this subject from April on, Matt. The, the fact that uh, nothing uh, he sees was going to separate these teams 
playing 162 games and going down to the wire. And and he was a prognosticator uh, from that way of thinking because uh, he did not see that consistency with his team that would help them separate from the other teams. And, you know, we've chronicled the struggles that they've had on the, on, on the road all year long. Now, mm-hmm. uh, where the strength of this team was the home field advantage, all of a sudden that fades away uh, in four consecutive losses at home. So they need all sorts of things. Need a center fielder who can make some contact. They need a leadoff hitter. Boy, it'd be fun if those were the same things. They have a lot of things that they need. Three one two six four four six seven six seven. Matt, let's uh, go to the phone lines. Here are some uh, Chicago Cub thoughts from Chicago Cub fans. Matt is in Plainfield on the score. Good morning, Matt. How are you? Hey, good morning, guys. How you doing? Good. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to talk a little bit about the offense. I think uh, you know Joe Mandon shoulders a lot of the blame. Um, a lot's been said of the pitching staff, but you know you have a front office who came out and said the offense was broke after last year, and you know, shockingly enough, replacing Tommy Lestella with Daniel Descalso is not the answer. Um, you know, I, I don't know why anybody is, you know, really surprised at the way that the offense is rolling right now. Um, you know, the core has pretty much, you know, regressed, if anything. They've been unable to develop talent and then accompany that with some really poor signings. And, you know, that that's where they're at right now. What are your thoughts about um, the Cubs going forward? Are you are you in the Madden uh, uh, corner or not? Um, I don't know. I think it's tough. I I really don't think a lot of it has to do with the manager. I think it's on the players. You know, and CEO and Jed need to do a better job of um, player development. Um, I, I, if they keep Madden, I, I guess I'm okay with it. You know, if they bring on David Ross, I'd be fine with that too. I really think, you know, last year I thought was the time to make some significant trade. It's, you know, trade off the core. You know, it's pretty much been three years now since they won the championship. I mean, what were they doing, thinking the third time was going to be the charm? See, this is why, Matt, the feelings are so ugly among so many out there because the problems were so evident towards the end of last year and after the end of last year, and Theo gave words to it on October 1st. And then ownership decided not to allow more spending um, and and management decided not to trade anyone from that precious young core. And here you are and you're going to have to do some spending. Some money comes off the books, so that'll help. But they are going to have to trade somebody from that precious young core. And the value for some of those guys is just non-existent. And, and I will throw in on that. And Matt, thanks for your call. Matt Spiegel, I will throw in the fact that um, – you were going to be trading those guys uh, in a down market for them last year as well. If you were trying to trade um, Hap, if you were trying to trade Zob, uh, not Zobris, but if you were trying to trade Schwarber, um, I mean, what were your chips that you were going to move last year after that season? Well, Hap has less value now than he did last off season. Well, I don't know. I mean, he was coming off of a bad year. I mean, but then you're right. He went to the minor leagues, and he was there for three months. And I think that was a surprise to a lot of people around the league that they would right. send him to the minors. Well, he, I mean, he was very poor, and he was even worse in spring training. Mm-hmm. He had to he had to change himself, and, you know, I think he can be a good player in the league, 
But, you know, what are you getting for that right now? Well, and to answer your question, Almora has less value than he did a year ago. I think Hap has less value than he did a year ago. Schwarber has more value than he did a year yeah. ago, and, probably. And they're not trading him. Not trading Schwarber? No, I mean, why would you? He, he's he's broken out in a year where he's going to end up with 40 home runs and uh, 100 RBIs. Why would you trade a left-handed power bat at this point that you still have control over uh, when this is the part of the player development you've been waiting for. Mm, I agree. I agree yeah. that they've been waiting for that. Um, aside from uh, uh, aside from what you think will happen, does Chris Bryan have more value now than he did last offseason? I think he has tremendous value. Me but too. But the, the key is, does he still have more value to you than he does to an, uh, another team bringing back younger talent? Uh, that That's the question. I mean, you have – you have teams like Atlanta and San Diego. Uh, Atlanta, instead of throwing twenty-four million dollars at Josh Donaldson, would probably be better off trading a couple of their fine young players to the Cubs for a couple of years' control of um, Bryant and the ability to sign him to a long-term contract. That would be a prudent thing to do. San Diego can toss Chris Bryant in left field to go along with Machado and Hosmer and. Uh, and Tatis and and the growth of that team who is on the cusp of, uh, you know, they have great talent in their system on the cusp of doing something special in the West out there. So those are two obvious teams uh, that would give you back quality young players from a quality system. And have it. But don't you think, my, I guess, if they're going to trade, let's say, Bryant or Contreras, which to me anyway would be the two guys you get the most value for of the potential um, trade pieces um, and, and, or Baez, and I don't think they're going to do that. But if you were to trade Brian or Contreras, don't you want a package of guys who can help right now? Because you're not looking for prospects to replenish. You're looking to, to maximize if, your window. But, but, man, if they can help you right now, why wouldn't they be helping the teams that they're coming from? Theoretically, because they're blocked by players in San Diego right, or well, I mean, we, we'd have to identify those. But, uh-huh. I mean, I, I think that – uh, you know, in Atlanta, I think you could pro- possibly find those guys that are blocked. In San Diego, they're still building. They still uh, have additions to make. And a guy like Bryant would make a, a huge uh, impact. But again, uh, if you're going to win here, uh, the, the other part of the question is, why would you trade one of the top players in, the, in baseball uh, before he's even uh, hit his prime? Because your offense is broken and you're going to have to do some yeah, work but, to sort it out and your, restructure. He, he's uh, arguably your best offensive player. Um, arguably, yes. But you know. the, you've got you've got issues to restructure. You've got to figure out if you, if you don't have the money to restructure pay Restructure is, is fine. The, the, the reality from what Matt said, the caller, is they don't have the farm system that has fed them the proper players to not have these conversations about trading your best player. I want to make that point as it differentiates from the Cardinals when we come back. This hour of Inside the Clubhouse, he is Bruce Levine. I'm Matt Spiegel. Is brought to you by Santana Energy Services. Visit SantanaEnergyServices.com. I may or may not get to it because we have Gary Pressy coming up at 9. We do, but uh, we want to uh, continue to take calls. Uh, we have full lines right now, so let's, uh, let's hit a, a break, and we'll come back, take some calls, and then talk to Gary John Rooney of the Chicago. St. Louis Cardinals, the voice of the Cardinals, joining us at the top of the hour. Maybe a nice surprise Cub guest as well uh, joining us. We'll talk a little White Sox along the way. 312-644-6767 is the get-in number. 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back in on 670 The Score. Going to talk to Gary Pressy in a couple of minutes, and he will be live from Wrigley. I'm looking forward to that very much. He is Bruce Levine. I'm Matt Spiegel. It's Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score. And do you know, Matt, that Inside the Clubhouse is brought to you by Max and Benny's in Northbrook, your summer home, now fall home for the best food in Chicagoland. The checklist, best deli, no doubt. The best full-service restaurant, without question. The best bakery, you bet. Max and Benny's has full dinners with all the trimmings from four to nine, seven days a week. That includes skirt steak, roast beef, chicken, and the freshest fish in the city. Max and Benny's has private dining areas for all of your party and business meeting needs from 10 to 150 accommodated. Catering is king at Max and Benny's. Ask for John at MaxandBenny's.com. 30 minutes from downtown, 30 minutes from the Wisconsin border. Max and Benny's, where the pastrami sandwiches are piled as high as a Chicago skyscraper, almost as high as the perch for Gary Pressey, who will be joining us in just a minute from Wrigley Field to talk about his great career wrapping up 33 years as the Cub organist will be joining us live from Wrigley playing all of your favorite tunes. This is Jordan on the north side on the score. What's up, Joria? Hey, good. How are you guys doing? Good. Uh, so basically what I was wondering about from the what you guys were talking about earlier is that it seems like how after how this season's going, like the, a change needs to be made. And I agree that they're not going to trade Schwarber after. He's just had his breakout. And the only significant change you're going to get is trading Bryant or Contreras. And if you do that, I don't see – first of all, I don't see how that makes you better. I, I don't agree with it. But that's what some people call for, and they also call for a change in manager. I don't see how you can trade somebody like Bryant and Contreras and probably get an influx of new guys and a bunch of change and also get rid of Joe because that's kind of the situation that he thrives in, and that's that's kind of what he walked into in 2015, and that's what he, he did every year in Tampa Bay. He had new rosters every year. Do you think it's a, more of a one-or-the-other type thing, or could they do both of those? I think they could do both of those. I think Joe's contract is up. It will not be a firing. It just has to be a conversation about, you know, okay, I think uh, we've had a great run together, and it can end up being very, very respectful if that's the way they right. go. It's it's just not having another contract. Do you, do you believe that uh, this some of this is on Joe? Um, I believe that some of it is on Joe, but not as much as is on the front office. I think the front office has had a very rough 14 to 16 months here. Does that front office extend all the way up to ownership or just uh Yes, absolutely. Just Theo and Jed. Yeah. I, I think, and I alluded to it earlier, that the ownership's decision to limit the spending last year, I know they've spent a lot, and I know that, that, you know, that Theo has made some bad choices with free agency, and maybe it's punitive from ownership, but, uh, but I, I, don't, I personally don't believe that there was no money at all. And and the decision to not spend and throw some more good money at it in the middle of your window, I think, is frustrating. Let's take one more call before we hook up with Gary Pressey live from Wrigley Field. This is Dean. 
Dean and Bartlett on the score. Hello, Dean. How you doing? Uh, Bruce, you're a true baseball guy. I enjoy listening to you. Uh, you're a joy to listen to Matt, you as well. Um, I'm just, you're a joy to listen to both of you guys. are true baseball men. Thank you. Appreciate um, that. First thing, the Cubs had a three-and-a-half game lead, I think, going into the Cincinnati series. And we're all looking pretty. It all fell apart. And Or do you go back to, you can't pinpoint a series particularly, maybe the Brewers, where they lost two or three, and the Cardinals won that doubleheader and won three out of four. But there's always been these little glimpses of hope. Oh, the team's going to break out. They got this division. They don't. But that's just, here we go. It's like a wind roll of effects of everything. But the last thing I want to say is, what kind of press conference are we going to hear from Theo like last year? Are we going to hear totally opposite? Is there going to just be like this hour, 45-minute press conference? Uh, thanks for my for the call. Really checking in with you guys, Matt and Bruce. And I just want to know what your take is, and I'm really going to be glued to that radio after the season's uh, over at the playoffs. Thank, thanks for your call. I know as little about it as uh, you do, uh, is considering what we're going to hear. Uh, I, I think at some point we're going to hear about the fate of Joe Madden. Uh, keep in mind, Joe Madden has control of his own fate. Uh, because if Theo decides that, hey, we want you back, Jed says, hey, we want you back, and they make him a two-year offer at, I don't know, pick a number, eight, ten million dollars, or ten, you know, eight or ten total. Total. Because um, he's at five per for this deal. What's to prevent Joe from saying, you know what, that's a great offer. Let me see what I can get in Los Angeles or Philadelphia or New York, and I'll get back to you guys in about two weeks. You know, maybe three weeks, but uh, since you've taken a year and maybe more to, to figure out whether you want me to be here, let me uh, check the marketplace, and uh, it, that's that's a fine offer, but maybe uh, maybe I want to see where the grass might be greener. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's there, there's a lot uh, there's a lot going on there, and there's a lot uh, of opportunity I think for Joe. The big thing for the front office is that a lot of money will be coming off the books, especially at Oregon. Yeah, they're, they're going to save a lot of money. There's going to be a ton of Oregon money available <laughs> as we go live I gotta, to. I got to check recheck that contract. Then. Yeah, <laughs> we go live to Wrigley Field and bring in the organist of the Chicago Cubs for 33 years and maybe two more days, maybe longer. Uh, Gary Pressy joins us live from Wrigley Field. Gary, uh, what a great career! What Thank a you. what a great friend you've been to uh, to well, me and uh, all the reporters. Certainly, the people up in the press box, but more importantly, how important you've been to the fans of the Chicago Cubs and uh, the the heart and the uh, sound um, the sound system of their life. Uh, watching Cub games. It's it's uh it's hard for me to to think about you not being there, but that's the case. I guess we'll just have to enjoy these last couple of days here. Well yeah and let's hope beyond that uh maybe uh a week or two in October we'll see what happens. But uh I wanna thank you guys. I've always enjoyed the camaraderie that I've had with you guys like in the cafeteria shooting the breeze about uh baseball and whatever. So I and I thank you very much. Uh we're gonna uh, Matt, we're going to have uh, Gary play us some tunes, uh, you know, requests. You know, if you have an extra 100 bucks, he'll take a request. Um, but, uh, hey, Bruce, I thought it was 125 but that's okay. <laughs> Let's go back to 1984 and uh, the theme song for that breakout year. 39 years the Cubs had not made the playoffs. And what was that song, Gary? Jump. 
Awesome. And of course, it's jump. Yeah. And that uh, they got the Cubs jumping in '84 to the window division. What? Uh, what? That was your uh, first time uh, experiencing uh, playoff baseball. Uh, well, well, no, no. Oh, actually, that's right. You hadn't been there yet. Eighty-seven. Yeah, I yeah. started. I did the last so the, three games in '87. So the '89 year, the, the yeah. boys of Zimmer were your first. Oh my God! Yeah, and uh, Mr. Clark took care of us, huh? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Will Clark. Will Clark. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's awesome to hear you sitting right there at the organ, Gary, and hear that sound. And you are Thanks, a lifelong man. organ player. Learned to play the organ in church, correct? Well, no, I, I no, I actually learned playing the organ when I was five years old. I, I took private lessons, not not in church, but uh, in private lessons. And when I was five years old, uh, I would be in the backyard imitating the organ, Jack Brickhouse, Billy Williams, and we were in the backyard by my grandmother's, and she had vines on the garage wall so that's there's your wrigley field your mini wrigley field <laughs> and she had an she had an organ because that's a unique uh kind of keyboard to learn on yeah, yeah actually yeah uh, i started with piano uh for six months and my mom virginia who's listening diehard to you guys absolutely we, we now, love virginia <laughs> well, we do too i do too and uh so then they brought me a little spinet organ and uh and i when i was in second grade they teacher asked all the students, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, I want to be an organist for a professional baseball team. And she said, well, go for it. And so that was pretty, pretty cool. It is pretty That's cool. Awesome. Um, awesome. I think your favorite song, Gary, I don't even have to tell you. <laughs> well, let's, we, let's hear we, it. It has a lot to do with the 69 Chicago Cubs. We go from 84 back to 69. <laughs> You know, you never sing along with this, Gary. I, I, how is that singing voice of yours? Hey, hey holy mackerel. <laughs> that, that's as much singing as you do? <laughs> well, wait, if, if, if the rain clears tomorrow, I have to sing tomorrow, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Gary, um, all the years, was there ever a player or manager that uh, took exception to anything you played, or has it just been uh, the, you, uh, the opposite? Yeah, there was one, and he was very, very can try and very polite about it. Remember Todd Haney, the uh, utility infielder? Sure, from Green Acres. Well, that's, there you go. He wanted a different song, is that so it? He, called, he said, uh, he's very nicely, he said, if you could find something else for me. So by the time I did find something for me, he got sent out of the mine and got bought <laughs> off. Shouldn't there be... Uh, I know, I know you don't do walk-up music, but uh, shouldn't there be uh, a career behind a guy before he even gets walk-up music? What do you think, Matt? Yeah, a guy's got to accomplish something yeah, before he gets know, music. Nah, a... man, you made it to the big leagues. You're good. <laughs> no, no, no well, song. But you know what? They do have walk-up music even in the minor leagues. So, I mean, that's the way the trend has gone and and. Whatever will be, will be, right? Ah, uh, there you go. Okay, sirrah, sirrah. Uh, there it, you it, go. Now, now, for you guys, I mean, you know, it would have to definitely be a, a talking song, so. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> well, you know, uh, around here we're known as Stooges. I imagine the, the curly shuffle would be uh, significant. Do 
Gary, what what are some of your your favorite memories as far as uh, people? I, n- I know you got to uh, to uh, play "Hail the Chief" for President Reagan. Yeah. What was that like? Oh my gosh, there was a. Uh... 88, it was the last weekend of the season, and he was ready to finish his term as president, you know, because the election was coming up in November. And a rumor started flying, and my mom and dad were at the game. And I did not know what was going on. I seen the dogs. I seen people on the rooftops. So my mom, believe it or not, she comes up, and you met her before. Sure. So she comes up, and she says, Gary, guess what? I think President Reagan's here. I said, oh, you're kidding me. So... So we waited till he did throw out the first pitch, and I, I went into Hail to the Chief. It's the only time I've ever played Hail to the Chief at a ball game. Wow, that's awesome. Uh, Johnny Frigo, the legendary jazz violinist, is the guy who wrote Hey, Hey, Holy Mackerel. Right. You, you as a musician on the scene, Gary, have, have you gone out and played many gigs through these 33 years? You've got a great day job, but, but oh. I, I wonder how much you've been out there playing. Oh yes, uh, I I've, I've been before uh, you know special events. Um, mm-hmm. I I played and I when Larry Organ was involved, they would have so many uh, events and I would uh, help them by uh, performing for them. So yeah, it's been a it's been a hectic, busy uh, thirty three years. But you know what? I wouldn't change it for one bit. I wanted to do this. I was blessed. Um, I never missed a game, and so I mean, there's nothing more I could say than. Uh, Thank God. How about tomorrow, uh, throwing out the first pitch uh, on the field with uh, Mr. Ricketts and Mr. Yes. Kenny and uh, just being honored uh, by the fan base. Now, who's going to play the organ while you're, <laughs> you're being honored? That's, yeah. a, that's the question. That, there you go. I mean, that's, that's going to be a problem. But, no, I mean, they'll, they'll figure something out. But I just hope that the, uh, the weather clears and we have, a, a, like they say in the weather, a window for the ceremonies and for the game tomorrow. Uh, if it was raining and you were up in the booth, what was that song you played uh, when Greg Maddox and Les Lancaster uh, oh. during the first... There you go. Split Splash, Splash. I was taking a bath. That yeah. was the first night game, eight 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 eight, and we had that monsoon rain, and here comes the play, uh, Lancaster, Maddox, and Jody. Yep. And uh, diving on a wet... Oh, I bet uh, uh, Zimmer loved that. Zim, Zim had him in the office. He, I'm sure he was, did. He was not thrilled about it. Gary, uh, what a great career. Thanks for everything. How about uh, your rendition of Men in Blue on the way out? You got it, buddy. Here we go. Sing along, Matt, if you'd like. <laughs> As sure as there's ivy on the, the men in blue are going to win it all. Gary, thanks for the memories. Hey, thanks thank for you. your friendship. Uh, don't you. be a stranger at Wrigley Field. Uh, you've been an iconic figure and a, and a great friend of the Cub fans oh. and everyone else. Congratulations to you, and uh, I'll be uh, I'll be enjoying those festivities tomorrow like uh, the other 40,000 people oh, there. Oh, well, thank you, guys. And, Matt, uh, always good to see you when you're up here in uh, – all I got to say is let's let's hope the Cubs uh, maybe take these next two and see what happens. It's been a pleasure always, Gary. Great sports fan, Gary Pressey. Fun to talk to you always. Thank you Thanks, very Gary. Much, guys. Take care. All right. Bye. Gary Pressey, your organist at Wrigley Field, 33 years, uh, going out tomorrow in uh, top style, still at the top of his game. Um, contrary to the um, 
people saying, gee, uh, they're not going to have organ music anymore. They don't want him there anymore. Uh, they, they have tried continuously to talk Gary into staying. And it's a family situation. He wants to be around uh, helping with his mom, Virginia, and you know, being with her. She doesn't need the help. She's, she's in great shape, but uh, he's, he's going out on top, and I admire that. This segment of The Score is brought to you by Subway. Subway restaurants feature a different six-inch sub for three seventy-nine every day. Subway, make it what you want at participating restaurants. Additional charge for extras plus applicable tax. No additional discounts or coupons may be applied. And the bottom of the hour was brought to you by Northwestern Football. Join Northwestern Football at Ryan Field this fall when the Wildcats, led by Big Ten Coach of the Year Pat Fitzgerald, host Ohio State, Iowa, Purdue, and Minnesota in Big Ten play. Single-game tickets to see Chicago's Big Ten team are on sale now at nusports.com. 312-644-6767. Join Matt and me as we continue to explore the Cubs' pursuit of the playoffs, White Sox baseball, everything baseball here. Text him at 67011. John Rooney at the top of the hour will continue to take your phone calls here again at 312-644-6767. It's inside the clubhouse on 670 The Score. It's 670 The Score inside the clubhouse. What a fun Unique way to talk to Gary Pressey, your old friend, Bruce Levine. That was really, really yeah, cool. Yeah, he's a wonderful guy. And, uh, you know, that job is open, Matt. So I know you have a lot of mus- musical skills. and I know Not you- me. Not me for that one. But I have several people who I've been in touch with who are dying to get a, a chance for that job. It is a f- fantastic way. And, and Gary never used it to promote his career. Uh, he was just happy being the cub organist but what a what a great way to have another hundred gigs uh, somewhere else and uh, while uh, the cubs are not playing well you know it, it it would be a tremendous gig just in and of itself it is a tremendous gig I, uh, my friend josh Cantor, the organist of fenway park is fabulous at what he does loves it he doesn't use it to promote anything it just is what it is yeah but he's a canter in the off season yeah <laughs> That's right. You need a his his buddy the rabbi does the DJing up there. This is Tony in St. Louis on the score. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, guys. Uh, I just got to ask one question about small ball. I don't understand why you send up half swinging away, no outs, first and second. I'm with you. And you haven't really moved any runners. I'm with you. It's a textbook bunt situation. I just don't. I don't get it. It seems like they don't steal. They don't play the hit and run. And they don't bunt when needed. Other than Schwarber actually was laying down a perfect. Point. Yeah, that was that was a good call on his part, Tony. I can I can tell you that Joe Madden was asked about this. He was asked if they considered it, and first and he second, hesitated. Out, yeah. Joe hesitated, and he said no. Uh, and the reason it's no is um, at that point when you have that player up, his best opportunity is to hit you a double or a home run. Um, Consensus-wise, you would think the bunt is in play, but we don't know necessarily what type of bunter he is. So, uh, you know, I think it's a lost art in most cases, and uh, you would say that's the logical call there, but uh, Joe eschewed that and went to the uh, swing away and hopefully hit us a three-run homer. It didn't work. Well, they have too many guys whose best option is to do that. There's too many in baseball, man. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. But the best teams in baseball have at least a few who they can rely on to do other things. We've the, got, we got to take a break. And yeah, step the away. voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, John Rooney, to join us at the top of the hour. Hopefully we'll have a 
surprise Cub guest for you near the bottom as well. We'll continue to talk to you about the Chicago White Sox. Fans, uh, don't think that you're disenfranchised here. You're always welcome at 312-644-6767. Yeah, we got to get to Eloy Jimenez and that grand slam on a high outside pitch and just his overall prospects. We'll do that next hour. But John Rooney next on The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.